better than an opera. This is Best Picture, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm from the gutter, too. I'm Mark. My name is Chad. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me. Two, four, six, oh, one. That, that, that's, that's it. Okay, so that's all all the singing. That is episode. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, is, sorry, yeah. Cody. That's not going to happen on this episode. That is it. Nope. Because today... I have a request. What? One song more. No. Uh, so on the show, as you probably know by hey, now, we... Listeners, if you, if you can't see, Chad and Cody are both wearing hats. Uh, we. Cody's is red, <laughs> the color of his hat. And uh, and, and Chad's is black, the color of his hat. hat. Yeah. All right, I'm done. So on this show, as you probably know by now, we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive. And we are starting off 2012 with a bang and a a cry and some whimpers. Bang, Gufrocious dead. (laughs) Um. Yeah, then we talk about what well, one best picture, uh, but this sure didn't. Um, no, it did we're not. Gonna, we're going to wrap up each each season with, yeah. or each year with a with a bonus picky. Today, we're talking, we've alluded to it quite a bit, but we're talking about the 2012 Saab musical that is directly responsible for the film Cats, mm. Les Mis. But before is this that- more responsible? Yes. Or is King's Speech more responsible? No, it's because, this. like this. It's, it's this. this. It's yeah. this. It's this. It's this. I mean, it's both. I mean, it's this. Uh, there's something in the air. It's this. That's a different. That's not musical. from this. Yeah, no. no, I don't know that one. It's Nightmare Before Christmas. I haven't seen um, it. What? I've oh, been on the ride when they do the Haunted Mansion. It's fucked as... up that they do that during Halloween. Yeah. Um, well, it lasts through Christmas. No, Please it don't should start this debate right no, now. No, no, no. I'm not podcast. trying to have a debate. I'm, well, all I'm trying to say, and Ryan Gosling agrees with me, as do many people. Haunted Mansion needs to be normal Haunted Mansion during October. You want to ride the spooky ride in October. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's a, and that's yeah, a I think November one, you change it to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, I agree, guys. Can I tell you, Nightmare legitimately, before Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street should be Halloween. Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> yeah. you, you just yeah. walk in and he's like, "Ah, have you eaten your churros, bitch?" <laughs> yeah, my, my take is that Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare Before Nightmare on Elm Street is uh, is a Christmas movie. Sure. I don't care. Why, why that, that, so I'm actually going to see Nightmare Before Christmas. They're showing it at a local like food truck place around here. And guess what date they? Sorry, you're watching the movie in a food truck. In a food truck park. Um, okay. guess what day they're playing it? To me, it's actually the perfect day to watch the film. I mean, is it November first? November first. Like yeah. I think that like that's the perfect day because it's yeah. the bridge day. day. It's it's the day after Halloween. You're still feeling a little spooky. Spooky season doesn't really end until a couple but days after. But you're getting transitioning for Christmas. Into, yeah, it's yeah. the perfect day. I'm so excited. It's a movie that I mixed on, but I truly am so fucking excited to go see it. Just because I think that is like the perfect day. Like I'm gonna think it's the best movie ever made on that day. Hmm. Um, but speaking of perfect movies on the rough. days we watched them. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who has the closest approximation to a perfect movie. Let's go with Mark. Mark, you've got two, so you have more at bats. We have no time for two movies. 
Oh, oh yeah, that was last week. We did talk about that last week. We did. Oh, so I have two movies. No, we didn't talk about No Time to Die yet. Yeah, yeah because y'all told yeah, me that did. James yeah, Bond died, and I knew that going into that's the right, movie. That's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, Cody uh, has little, two little movies. Update. Mark has one movie. Little, little update, I liked that movie. That's a good movie. Surprise. You should fucking see the best one. It's infuriating that we were correct did that you he would like that one. No, he hasn't. Yeah, Jenny, you should, you should watch I don't want No Time to Die was good. It's, yeah, it's good. Enough, I'm just saying if you want to watch... Uh, another good Bond movie. Yeah, the best one. I'll think about the it. The best one. It's I, thought, crazy. I thought Skyfall was the best one. I no. thought everyone thought that. Okay. Some some people think that, but your three friends who are in a group chat with you, me, mm-hmm. Mark, and Jason, Podcast all, all think that Casino Royale is the best one. I so. think that like it and Skyfall and No Time to Die are like pretty tight. Yeah. But still, yeah. they're tied. I think it's the best, and so does Jason. Um, I have two movies, but we're not talking about them yet. Mark, let's talk about your movie. Um, so I went and watched a movie that rivals the length of Les Mis. Um, is that longer? Uh, it is a little shorter, I think. Um, it's almost as good as the one of the movies Cody watched. Um. It's Dune. It's good. It's mm-hmm. half of half of a book. See, I wanted to see this this weekend, but there were no good seats left in the large format screens. So I'm going next weekend. I already have my ticket for Saturday. But... I will have seen it twice by the time Chad sees it once. Cool. So you're going to see it this weekend. So you're not going to go see Soho or Antlers. Are you just going to be delayed? I... I guess I'll just be delayed moving forward. That, that means when internals comes out, you won't see that one that weekend. You'll I probably will see that weekend. one that weekend. You can see more see than one movie on a weekend. I mean, I saw two. Movies, I saw two movies yesterday. So okay, did you watch one of them at your house? No, both of them oh, in the movie God. theater. Thank I God. paid a, no money. AMC A list, baby. We walked up to the movie theater at four forty, watched a movie, went and got dinner watching another movie all in the same uh beautiful downtown burbank only paid for parking once that's that's the move right there free parking in downtown burbank buddy Ooh, that's hey so to answer the question dune is three minutes short than lamez but you know what is longer than lamez no time to die by a good 10 minutes which yeah, is funny absolutely. so plenty I, of time to die in that movie i'm hearing pretty unanimously dune good Dune's dune good good but mm. is what I will say. But um, I think, but people are already calling it Dune Part One. I mean, it uh, says yeah. Dune Part One when the movie starts. That's true. It's, Mark, it's did you look good. away? Did you look away from this? I don't know if it's come up on this podcast, but it's definitely come up in our personal chats. Mark sometimes looks away from the screen. I will and this is miss pivotal things. a millisecond of a movie, and it happens to be a very important millisecond. <laughs> It, it's it's not it this happens that's why i was mark like, the huh? movies is a place we go to for magic and we all need that right now heartbreak it's, feels good in a place like that yeah uh-uh thank you thank you nicole kidman where stories are bigger than fucking life in here they I are know. i don't know she says nonsense 
the only thing I remember is the heartbreak feels good in a place like that. It's I'll have it down before line. Christmas. Yeah, I'll I'm have try- it down before I was like, Christmas. When I saw it twice yesterday, I was like really trying to memorize yeah, all the words. I'll get now, it down. Cody, when you get it memorized, I need you to remember which parts are uh, Australian accent. <laughs> yes. <parts> are <laughs> you have yeah. to slip into Good your Australian question. accent. Bro, every... I mean, I think it's pretty easy. Whenever she is like talking on set, it's American. And whenever she is doing, doing the voice video, of her. it's in her closet with an Australian accent because she forgot. I always, I think why I don't have it down yet is because I get like perplexed by the movies that are showing. Because <laughs> it's Jurassic it's, World. It's La La Land. La La Land. Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Creed. Um, I think that's it. But I'm like, okay, so Disney didn't agree to be a part of Disney this because none of the biggest movies of the past, you know, 10 years are in it. Right. Um. And uh, I was like, okay, I was trying to figure like what studios did she make deals or did they make deals with basically? No, Nicole Kidman produced the short, so. <laughs> she produced the short. So I was like, like MGM have... for Creed, Warner Brothers, or, uh, Universal for Jurassic World. Yeah, um, Lionsgate for La La Land and um, Warner Brothers for Wonder Woman. Right. I, I The thing I was, <laughs> the game I play is which of these movies has Nicole Kidman actually seen? <laughs> she probably saw La La Land. I think she, she saw La La, La, La Land. Land. Yeah. Probably it. She's That's not. It. She has not watched Jurassic World. Oh and no! Absolutely not seen. That is Wonder Woman. Definitely Unless... the one she has seen least. Wonder Woman, I could see her watching because it's like the woman empowerment thing. A lot. Everyone saw Wonder Woman. Well, and she's in Aquaman. But to me, does that make it right. less likely that she's seen it? Nicole Kidman mm. is the the um, Gwyneth Paltrow of the DC extended universe, and that mm-hmm. I don't think she knows she was in Aquaman. Me either. <laughs> I think she was like, what was that movie where I like played a mom for a little bit and I like kissed Boba Fett? She knows who Boba Fett is, weirdly, but I mean, doesn't know. Are you forgetting about like the underworld like place that she went to in Aquaman where he like yes. found her again? She's she's got uh, yes. a 10 year old. She's got a 10 year old daughter and a 13 year old daughter. She watched Wonder Woman. Yeah, was I mean, playing in her house at the very least. Do you think Keith Urban's like really into the DC universe? Maybe if she's seen Jurassic World, Keith Urban dragged her ass there. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. She didn't like. I mean, because like it's not even like Reese is in that movie. Like I don't think her and um, Bryce Dallas Howard are friends or anything. Right. You know. So hey, remind me. Anyway, I'm in Nashville to figure out what AMC that was taped in, and and to try to take my own. In my experience, not an AMC, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, anyway, you saw anyway, Dune. Dune is great. It's awesome. Uh, I don't know what it's like if you haven't read the book, although I've talked to a couple people who saw it without reading the book, and they loved it. Uh, so my wife it's good. was a little... <laughs> confused like ready to shove it in, ready to shove it in a locker I, I think a little bit because I think she was like what are they talking about and here is the thing I do think it's a good movie as a part one and I say this in my letterbox review but if part two doesn't come out I kind of think the movie's bad unfortunately because of where it ends you're kind of just like so what is the conclusion I it, I kind of agree but yeah. part two was like absolutely going to come out 
it now, was like, but it's it was a little. I think there was like a ninety percent chance it was going to come out right. like this time last week, which is Tuesday before it came out, Monday before it came out. Yeah, I don't know the day of the week either. But imagine if like Fellowship of the Ring had like come out <laughs> and you didn't know that for sure that the other two were greenlit. I think there. I mean, it's it's pretty similar of an ending to that in my yeah. I mean, That's... it just is. <laughs> why like i'm imagining yeah. the fellowship of the ring is just existing yeah. on its own oh it's kind of like you have a podcast that sort of does we, that huh? we did do that i guess a little bit but like this i didn't actually imagine a world where like everyone would always wonder what the rest of that trilogy would look like yeah uh forever like that yeah. movie was so good it just is incomplete the, with the yeah, it's kind of rules. like yeah do you think that movie if only that movie existed there would be part of you that is like i mean that's really fucking good but the ending just is nothing so it's like yeah it mixed you yeah. know so like the, the letterbox i it's my second favorite movie of the year but it's like on the promise that more year? is coming uh coda, coda oh yeah so one. that's on yeah. apple tv plus right apple tv plus i'll fucking i'll watch it tonight yeah come on yeah. um but but dune is like the promise of it coming you know, i mean the last weird. line is literally zendaya it's looking at up. the screen it, yep. and saying it's this is only the beginning so and like, that is when my wife looked over at me and kind of like made like side eyes and like sighed and i was like i guess i didn't explain to you that this was the first one but again mark it says on the screen dune part one what did you want from me so the book series there's like five other books right there's eight i believe but this is this is the first half of of book one yeah do you you think we get more dune movies (laughs) i don't know chad i can't from what i understand even the second dune book is buck wild so imagine if if in it's structured a little bit differently but let's say yeah let's just let's just say lord of the rings right let's say let's say star wars Let's say Star Wars, okay? What if, yeah, that's good because you have the conclusion and all that stuff, right? So Dune Part 1, Dune Part 2, that's a new hope. Imagine if in An Empire Strikes Back, Luke is no longer the hero. He is in the wilderness, like forgotten, has become like a pariah leading a cult of sorts. Incredible. It's, and then imagine his kids... Hmm have like magic stuff and by return of the jedi one of them basically is half worm uh cool that's the thing i just don't see a world where the rest of the there's characters you kind of lost the metaphor at a certain point and just said oh yeah is part worm (laughs) yeah i I think that saying dune part one and part two is like the like ending where the a new hope ends in that like it yeah. ends with like a big victory and you can see where it goes from there. Right. But also you're not like, I mean, he hasn't like completely destroyed the evil government or whatever. That's true. Right. It's, it's, you know how people act towards the matrix sequels because yeah. they're so like confounding and heady and like what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen the third one. I need to watch it before. They're fine. I'm mixed on them, but they're better than I think a lot of people give them credit Mm -hmm. for. Uh, I didn't love two, which like I was so pumped to watch the sequels finally, and then two, I was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, the action's incredible. Like it's really got a lot going for it on like a just a fun movie to watch. Yeah, 
I just, I cannot imagine the public reaction to like Dune, like uh, Heretics of Dune, or I can't even remember the next one. God, Dune Messiah. Yeah, because I think it's Dune Messiah, then God Emperor Dune. I mean, I will say that I read three of them and then I started the fourth book and got like a couple chapters in and I was like I'll be honest I can't do this anymore it's too much you they're dense doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore it's so dense and it's so sandy there's characters who die but then there's clones of them that are like who are the main characters by book six wild <laughs> insane um, um anyway dune the movie is fantastic i i have friends that i was like prepared to explain that it's an adaptation doesn't have to be like literal and they were like this is the best book adaptation i've ever seen so like <laughs> fans of the book love it uh people who haven't read the book like it so i think it's kind of just a, a winner all around there so bo- book readers do like it yes yeah interesting um i mean it makes sense there are changes for sure but um not a ton of changes other than like structure stuff well there's some gender swapping and you you know how that goes sometimes true but the gender swapping is not of like main main characters Yeah, yeah 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 um doing good doing good doing good uh remains to be seen for for me but I imagine I'll like it. What did you watch, Chad? Chad, can we get like a distraction oh, from... I'm you asked. I didn't... Okay, hold on. Yeah, I didn't realize... So I was like, what the fuck is on my screen? Because there's this little dot. I didn't yeah, realize little... that the filter was giving me like a beauty mark. Yeah, both of the berets just give you... We're, we're wearing our beret zoom filters as we record this, and we both have little beauty marks on our on our faces. But mine keeps being on my glasses. Right. So I was like, what is going Cody on? Cody was just feverishly trying to, to, <laughs> to clean, clean his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, okay, but, sorry. Uh, what did you say? I was Wee-wee. doing a bit. I was doing a French accent because I saw French Dispatch. Um, is anyone pretty... actually French in that movie? Uh, Yeah. Leia Sadu, anyone else? Simon? Uh, it, is, is Leia Sadu, uh, who's she? She's the Bond girl. You okay. saw two movies with her. Yeah, I just was making sure. I don't know her name. I just know, like, I saw her and I was like, oh, the Bond girl. She yeah, plays yeah, yeah. Simon. Uh, and she's very French. I mean, yeah, she is French in is real we, life. Is Timothy uh, French? Couple of couple of French people in this, but it's mostly American people um, making a magazine in France. Uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, it doesn't really. I put this in my letterboxed review that it's just like a lot that just doesn't really quite come together in like an interesting or like good way. I I don't really. I feel like the movie was trying to have like a central heart of the movie and soul to the movie that just was falling flat. It just didn't work. And like, it's what's frustrating is the bones are there for like, Oh, you could have like made me cry my eyes out in the last part of this movie, but I just didn't feel anything. Um, It's fun and quirky. It's a delight of a movie to watch. It's so fun to watch like everything when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm enjoying this, but it just doesn't, come together 
is my biggest. That's uh, so interesting because that's coming from you, like a Wes Anderson, like big yeah. fan. Yeah. And what and you're I like des- it. What you're describing, though, is basically the reaction I have to every Wes Anderson thing. Oh, so, sure. So that's interesting sure. that like you're now feeling kind of what I feel even about his good mm-hmm. ones where I'm like, and uh, oh, I like what I'm seeing. It's fun. It feels like there's an emotional mm-hmm. thing it's trying to do, but it never comes together well, for me. That's that's I think a, a difference is this one doesn't even f- like mm. it doesn't even feel like fake emotions except for maybe one or two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I didn't even get that. It was it was just like in some parts it just feels like and this is and, and this is making it sound like I didn't like the movie as much as I did because I did like the movie but it just makes it feel like oh let's see how clever we can be with like the camera movement and like let's just see how much camera movement like or cleverness rather see how much cleverness we can throw at the screen um uh-huh. and it is quite clever quite fun charming all these things but it just doesn't have like an emotional core there's just something there's like a soul missing to this movie does it feel like wes yeah. anderson should have paired with netflix amazon hbo max something and um, created a a series of shorts i will that- say yeah i do think it would be better served as like a five episode limited series each episode like i'm just watching a bunch of i'm watching a bunch of episodes that are kind of standalone it doesn't really matter if they don't all come together because i can pick out each individual episode yeah i think that that would serve this very well i think it would put less pressure on the whole project to like Mm -hmm. deliver that emotional core because like each individual part kind of has that to a degree there are moments where you're like but yeah being able to spend more time with these characters like a full hour um would be good for a second there i thought you were going to ask if i thought he should have teamed up with one of these uh companies for like studio notes and i i don't think it oh, would be no. served well for that particular well, reason those but, companies just wouldn't give studio yeah, notes, Netflix which is sometimes is, the problem yeah, yeah, but, sometimes. but <laughs> um no all in it, all see it in a theater I do recommend seeing it in a theater. I don't know if I'll even nominate it for a picky other than like cinematography or something. Cause it's a beautiful looking movie. It really well, we like, don't do that for pickies. So. We don't do cinematography. Okay. I thought no. we had a category. Okay. We don't, we don't do design, any though. of the technicals. We're stupid. Right. We do directing. I might do directing to like, mm. to talk about the visual language of it, but I, I don't even know if I'll put it on the picky recommends. If you don't want to watch it, it's fine. But like, I may um, sit this one out based on everything I've heard, even from Wes Anderson fans. The yeah. reaction is so mixed that I'm like, like the, it is the things that don't work for me seem to be a bit amplified and it might be the structure. The structure yeah. may be the true issue. Yeah, it, it might be, but it's, it's, it's got a lot going for it that I do like. There's two animated sequences throughout that are like 2d animated, which is new oh, for cool. wes anderson it sort of like imitates that like new yorker style because they're kind of like spoofing new yorker through this okay and it's re- those are really really good and funny i think those are the highlights of the movie but the uh, thing is if you told me hey go watch what the wes anderson show on netflix at least just watch the animated episodes i would be like okay you know <laughs> i i really sure. am now that i spoke this aloud i'm really fixated on that as like right. maybe a better way for this to have been delivered but I think uh, sight unseen but b- the re- the reaction you have seems to be what other people are saying as well and i think m- just making it an anthology series you takes know the pressure and- off I think I walked away from this 
feeling similarly to how I felt after watching The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, where it was like, it was all good and it was fun watching it. I just don't get why it was like I don't that. know if I believe in anthology movies is the hot take I will say. I believe yeah. in anthology. Oh, I definitely do not. The thing about this movie yeah. is though, they tried to have like a through line of, it's it's right at the beginning of the movie. It, mm-hmm. the, the, Bill Murray's obituary his character's obituary is the first section mm-hmm. and then he like shows up along the way and like the whole movie sort of represents the last uh bill murray was the editor-in-chief and so the whole movie represents the last edition of the french dispatch mm-hmm. um and there's a way where this movie is like um here's what bill murray meant to each of these editors and we can see that shine through in each of the stories but it's and then not by about the, that and then by the end of the movie but then the end of the movie, it goes back to talking about Bill Murray's death and like the editor's death. And it's like trying to have this like moment where they didn't like use any of the editor's stories to build to that payoff at all. Yeah. My, it, I don't know. Anthologies should be TV. Anthologies yeah. should be TV. Probably it, so. Anthology series or in, I mean, you, I think you could do anthologies like in the Cloverfield sense, you know, where it's yeah. like, like the whole, whole movie. Is, yeah. 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 But, but that's just like a, a franchise rather than I don't know it's like a it's like a, you can do a an brand anthology. on something you, you can know. do an anthology franchise I don't know that you can do an anthology individual film. I will say it that I think take. I prefer anthologies like this or Buster's Crux I haven't seen this to like anthologies like you know Tales from the Crypt or the Twilight Zone movie or like you know movies where it's like six different things but all by different directors like that feels even more yeah I agree. Mis- I agree with that. Joined, but I think I like it because of the. I don't know. Twilight's on the movie. There's like sucks. It's bad. Uh, there's there's one really it's, good. It's more bad than good. <laughs> I don't disagree. The Steven yeah. Spielberg. He is my boy. His is atrocious. Was he the the old people getting young old for people. one night? Yeah. yeah, that one sucked. It's not very <laughs> good. So bad. The Joe Dante one though is fucking incredible. I'm trying to remember which one um, that he one's did. a masterpiece. That is the one where the kid is like controlling the family, and it's oh yeah, it's, it's based that, on that one was, of the best episodes of Twilight Zone. So it's but that yeah, one is awesome. demented, very mm-hmm. Joe Dante. Like yeah. yeah, that that's good. I'm glad that exists. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any you, Cody? Uh, what did you watch? Uh, wee oui, wee. Oui. I also saw a movie set in France. Ha <laughs> ha. You didn't know this, you did, did you, Chad? Ha <laughs> ha. No, it was Zilazdur. <laughs> Oh, it France? I didn't you know wouldn't that. know it, but it does. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean, you you would know it. It says Paris on the screen. Okay, but you wouldn't know it by Normandy. Anybody's accents. Oh, the accusation well, the is accents. false. <laughs> right. He, he says that. He doesn't say, the accusation <laughs> is not true. But that's yeah, like saying you wouldn't know that. that Death of Stalin takes place in Russia just from the accents. Yeah. Wait, that, that takes place in it's, Russia? It's yeah. It's okay, Stalin. that's that's a little different because Stalin is in the title. Um, the King of France is in the last duel. You you I see no kings from before like I will 2020. say if you just watch the trailer of the last duel, you will not know that it is France. Yeah, sure. That's that's what I'm yeah. saying too. Yeah, I didn't we know. we. Um if you just watch the trailer for Les Mis. Well, that's a bad example. Yeah, you would not All know. All kinds of French flags around there. Lots oh, of French okay, flags okay. and probably lots of Viva la Revolution! <laughs> and the name is in French, so yeah. it's fair. Um, <laughs> hey, Last Duel is really fucking good. Yeah, really I want to see it. 
it's also kind very of very long. It's kind of a masterpiece, TBH. Whoa. Where's that fall on your ranking? Uh, the thing is, I had Dune above it, I think. Let it's, me see. It's close to the top for me. I mean, it feels like more of a whole movie than Dune does. It's part of not mm-hmm. being part one. No, um, no, I was wrong. Dune is seventh for me, controversially whoa. behind. You said second before. I know. I couldn't remember shit. Um, behind like Shang-Chi and Luca and Into the Heights, all movies that really made me happy. Uh, Last Duel is number three. So yeah, it's good. It's only behind Mitchell and the Machines and Coda. Um, yeah, Last Duel's so fucking good because I, I think when the premise was announced, everybody was like, <laughs> "I don't know about yeah, that." I mean, I when Nicole Holofcener was announced yeah, as one on. of the co-writers, I was like, "I think that she's gonna have a handle on this." I was not yeah. too concerned. And like Ridley Scott, like of. I'm, he knows what he's doing uh, when he makes and movies. Also, like as stupid as Matt Damon and Ben Affleck can be, they're not like the they're not as anti cancel culture as the yeah the premise of this seems. It seemed yes, yes. This movie, I, I don't know. I don't really want to ruin it for anybody because, like, I didn't realize the structure of the movie. Um, until I was watching it and then I was like, oh shit. And that I mean is part yeah. of why it rules. The structure's so really cool. I don't think it that the surprise of the structure is is that important. No, it's not. I just didn't fully know. Um, it basically t- tells the story three times from different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a vantage it's, point. It's or Rashomon is what it's trying to do, but sure, it's trying to do Vantage Point, the 2008 Dennis Quaid film, the failed 24 adaptation. Yeah, um, Um, well, so the difference between Vantage Point though is Vantage Point, the whole idea is you see it from different angles, but it's not like the events change in Vantage Point, the events fully change. Well, interesting, it's not. The events don't change. It's more of like the perception of the events change. The scenes are vastly the, different. The vantage though. point changes. Mark, the scenes are vastly different. They are. I mean, the scenes the scenes are different, but I think you're seeing different parts of them, and you're seeing like they reshoot the scenes. Yes, but it's mostly like different expressions, different. I think it recontextualizes the scenes more than anything changes the lines are the same in the scene the lines so, are the same but some things get left out in some yeah, scenes yeah. the performances are dialed to different levels yes. yeah so the, the actions Adam... are the same the performances and the like the reactions in the yeah. framing are different yeah. So yeah adam driver matt damon and uh what is the actress's name jody comer jody comer is it the three of them are the yep. vantage yeah. points what order yep. are they in? Um, it is Matt, Damon, yeah, yeah. Damon then, Driver, Jody, and then on the lady, ladies last. Yes, I Since will when? say this. It's, it's probably a good choice to put the victim. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. we want to listen to victims first. Their stories are more important. Dramatic on the, it's, that note. It's, it's the end credit. It's the most important it's, thing left. It's the yeah. most important thing. I will say, King shit 
Ridley Scott in interviews, people were asking him, they were like, wow, you made a really complex film. Like, you know, I had a friend who watched it and they like, they didn't know who to believe. And he looked at him and said, are you, a, are they a fucking idiot? Well, because <laughs> what's, what's yes, funny is so shit. the chapters are like the truth according That's to Matt Damon, awesome. the truth according to Adam Driver, Adam Driver. The, the truth yeah. according to Jodie Comer. But then as it That's fades cool. out, it'll be like the truth according to Jodie Comer. And on the third one, it just fades out and says the truth. Yeah, well, you know the third one's the real one because yeah. obviously yeah, it is. Yes. But also, it's I mean, luckily Mark truth. didn't look away during that part. Or maybe he would have been. Confused. No, my eyes were glued to the screen. Wow, it's a good movie. It really is. I like. House of Gucci is probably going to be the Scott movie that gets mm. more attention this year. But I mean, if that movie is as good as this one, which is possible. My man's got it. Here's, really still just dunking on him. Here's the thing. I'm already kind of annoyed with House of Gucci. No, it's good. I'm already so good. I'm already pretty annoyed with that movie. I was so mad about the Jared Leto stuff. And after seeing the trailer 10 times, I'm like, I don't know. It works. It's fine. <laughs> and it doesn't. But I've just been like into it. It's what does he say? It's chic. It's chic. Yeah. Um, he says, he says, shut up, Paul. You have no good car ideas. I I think it's so God. I think Gaga in that is so I don't know. That I'm gonna love that movie. I think Last Duel may be the better movie, but I think mm-hmm. House of Gucci will be the buzzer movie. I think that Last Duel will be the better movie, and yeah, House of Gucci might be the more fun movie. I yeah. also think that Ridley Scott is going to win Best Director this year. I agree. He has never won it before. Nope. Uh, Not Gladiator even for Gladiator, won. which is fucked up. Well, he lost to my boy, Sodi, so I'm not that mad about it. Nah, but... What did Sodi win for that year? Uh, traffic. Traffic, that's right, but Brockovich won writing He or was something. nominated for both. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Yeah, I agree that he's winning. I'm just not sure what movie he's winning for, but he's winning for both movies. I mean, I he'll think it'll win probably it for be Gucci. the last duel. I mean, just like the, it's set in like the fucking 13th century. Like, nobody watched it. Like, that's the thing. I think this movie needed to make a little bit of money to do you make remember it. Remember when through. the father won Best Actor? It won Best Actor, not Best Picture. I, I mean, know. the same amount of people voted on those. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Um, the other movie I watched was not set in France. It was set in Illinois. Sorry to disappoint. Um, Halloween Kills. We just have to touch it because this is oh, the last movie. I didn't know we were movie. doing that one. Yeah, it's, it's yeah because it's good. the last time before <laughs> Halloween, yeah. so we need to touch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not as good as the one before it and definitely not as good as the original. Yeah. It feels it's got a bit of a Dune issue where it clearly we're waiting for the next one to finish it, it up. The difference though is this isn't even the beginning of a movie or the end of a movie. No, it feels it's like a middle, middle of the movie quite a bit. And it's yeah. like, it's There's fine. Some exciting stuff in there. Some fun kills. I think it's has as much as I like the 2018 reboot, that one has some weird tone moments that I don't know that I'm fully on board with. And I think this movie leans into some of those weird tone moments where I'm not sure what the angle on the scene is supposed to be. And it reads yeah. really weird. Um, so I didn't a, love those moments, but there's a stretch in the movie where there's just like, this mob that's like ruining the night yeah. and just causing a lot of trouble. Meanwhile, 
Michael Myers is like still killing people and they're just yeah. not doing anything about it. And they're just like harming each other. And that just uh, feels like there's a lot to unpack there about how and like, there's, yeah, dummies I mean, can get definitely. fixated on like the wrong thing. And then the bad people are still doing the bad things. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's also a gay couple moves into Michael's house and all of their scenes. Those are the ones that are fucking perplexing to me because I'm like, are they trying to play these as comedy? Because they're not funny, but right. it's weird. They're, they're called Big John and Little John. I like yeah, don't fucking names. know. It is. It doesn't feel right. I will say on a gut level. Yeah, it's I it's weird. And like I I saw the the criticism of like the you know the headlines say Michael Myers is homophobic and the comment is like, well, I that's think stupid. I think that's stupid. the <laughs> bigger issue is the killing. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I um, he doesn't care. He kills yeah, everybody. He just kills it. Yeah, he's just a machine that just goes through and kills people. He doesn't care, and that's what's scary. Like about I him. don't even even think I would like levy. Oh, I think the filmmakers or the writers were homophobic. Like it, it, no. it's not that it reads as that. It's like I just don't know what the fuck it's reading as. It's yeah, so bizarre. Yeah. It's a it's a weird part, and like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There and there were there were a couple scenes like that in the 2018 one that I forgot, and I was like what's the tone here um, yeah they so, do like this the thing in these movies the podcasters with... but also the little kid who's like cracking jokes and then there's like... like the the cops that are talking sandwiches and then they just both get murdered like both of these movies try to like create these like little moments like in this movie there was the old woman with like the the drone and uh and yeah. her husband with the sleep apnea machine it's just like just trying to be like you know quirky and and you know, this is a real person who's just kind of weird and funny. And then Michael Myers just brutally murders this poor woman. <laughs> like it's it's I and the, the criticism I saw levied against it, which makes sense. And here's the thing. I still had fun watching this mm -hmm. movie. I still will watch the next one. Like I'm yeah, in totally. the back. I want to watch Michael this Myers whole trilogy. It's, it's yeah. yeah. But but the thing I saw levied against it is they are acting like they are prestige, quote unquote, elevated horror movies. But they are also are they acting that just, way? Yeah. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis in her interview, she has been acting that way. She, she literally is, used the, the word masterpiece and she yes. talks about how important this movie is about trauma. No, it's a, yes. it's a cheesy slasher. Like and it's I, fine. It, it's good for what it is. It's trashy, right? And it's yeah. it's trying to lean into the elevated like A24 horror thing, but it is also trying to be trashy. So interesting. And that mismatch. And I think the movie does it too. Like it's trying to be about something. Yeah. Um, but the mismatch I think is the problem because it is more so a trashy horror movie. It just yeah. like. No, when I'm watching it, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just watching like a fun, like slasher that like mm -hmm. is scary. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching anything that's like pretentious or like full of itself. But like the attitude surrounding the movie, though, I do think like, yeah, even like, I think that's even when we were building up to the first one, it was like, oh, they've got a take this time. And the take was just like, what if, He's back. what if Laurie Strode <laughs> got weird when she was older right. because and of it's what like, happened. that's a cool take. Like, that's take. an interesting take. But at the end would of the day, it's, cool? it's Halloween. It's fun. <laughs> would it have been cool if she was nominated for Best Actress for that? Yeah, that would have been a wild, cool thing. But like, it's not, the movie itself was not ever really an Oscar yeah. movie. We're 40 minutes into the Les Miserables podcast. Well, it's Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> 
now's now's when I get quiet. Hey, so let's talk about the movie. <laughs> Chad's favorite movie of 2012. Yes. Tell us what it is, Chad, and tell us why you like it. It's Les Mis. It's based on a musical called Les Mis, which is based on a book. It's called Les Mis. Les Miserables. It, it is Les Miserables, right? That's how you say it in the French. I don't know. Less Miserables is what it looks like. There you go. But it's about this guy named Jean Valjean. He steals a loaf of bread, is sentenced to prison. And once he's free, he can't hey, really start just, a life. Just for 19 years. And and only five of those with the bread. The rest were for trying right. to escape. The rest because you tried to run. Yep. There you yeah. go. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a lot of miserable well, people in France during the French Revolution. And and there's this one guy, Jean Valjean, who's just trying to like live a better life than now that he's got a second chance. And it's it's nice and it's good. And the music's great. And the performances in this movie are spectacular. I have no notes. Good job on the movie. Congratulations on a perfect movie, Tom Hooper. You accidentally stumbled into a perfect movie. That's my hot take. Um, so I, I, I'm anticipating I'll be on the defensive for most of this episode for this choice because it is a contentious choice. People like to shit on this movie, and I get it. Tom Hooper sucks. He's not a good filmmaker. We've talked about him before on the podcast, but I like this movie. It's a, it's a good, good movie. What do you think? I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think okay. it's perfect by any means. Maybe it's maybe like half an hour too long. Um, what was your star rating of this movie? On I give it three and a half. I give it three and a half. Which three and is, a half. You know, Cody gave two and a half. Like three and a quarter, if I could have. And I was being generous. You were giving generous with two and a half. So come on. I'm not lying to you. It's like I thought about the performances, and I was like, well, that's good, and the songs Wait. are kind of good. There's the songs are very good. Come on. What are you talking about? Kind some of, of the songs are very good. Some of the songs are very good is what I will stand firm in. Some of the songs are snoozers. Lose. And some of the songs are fucking losers. I am. Yep. <laughs> What's a loser uh, song? The original song. <laughs> the original song sucks shit. That is for sure. In is that the, the one where they're in the, uh, the carriage? The the carriage. That's fine. He's we're just thinking about being a dad. Suddenly, the yeah, one, he's thinking about being a dad. It's nice. The one immediately after that, where Javert <laughs> is like on that really tall building. Stars. Is Stars is a good song. Yeah, I, Stars is it. a good song. Any I got, I got any of the any of the interstitial songs, I think suck i think stars Any, well stars is like not an interstitial song at all no uh, no i know i'm yeah, just feature. saying in okay. addition in addition any of the interstitial songs where they're so, like okay now i'll see you later dude okay yeah, i mean it, it's deuces i'm those are those that's just the part of the songs. movie just not real songs yeah yeah that's the part of the movie i'm like the most like okay yeah that's not a good song but i appreciate there's something to having a movie where the whole world is just sung and i like i like that and then I'm when you find with that when you do like you know, you ride one song into the next and then you swell into this beautiful song and then you take some time to like simmer down before you swell into the next one. It's a it's a fun movement through the movie. I love it. It does get a little um, bit repetitive. In yes. that All of the like the dialogue. It's called reprises. No, Mark. I'm just talking that every song, it just goes like this. I didn't and write a I... melody for this part, so I'm going to sing on these two notes now. 
Yep. It's, it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> Those specific songs where they do that are not very good. Which, like, to be fair, that's just like that's just how the play works and i think in the play yeah. there are fewer of those because you can, you can just like jump in between scenes a little bit more <laughs> just cut play. to black yeah um but like i don't know you don't have to keep that <laughs> no i don't know i i don't mind that it's sung the whole time hamilton is sung the yeah. whole time i like hamilton there's other musicals that are like fully sung all the way through that are good i just the in between songs for this one truly feel a bit like oh fuck we gotta write the in between uh Chad, do you, you think that it about is about stars sorry what what were you gonna say about stars oh i think stars is like a crucial song too for like understanding javert's arc which i think is like the way he and valjean are different from each other is like the heart of the movie um valjean's a man of of grace when it remembers to be about that yeah what, what, what the fuck do you even mean by that? <laughs> like it kind of gets distracted. It's by what the movie is. It gets distracted. No, it fully gets distracted for a little bit, and I'm like, wait, okay. By a little bit, you mean the second half? The, the second act. half. The thing is, I think the the Javert and the Jean Valjean stuff is really good too. I but the movie does kind of forget about it for a, a bit because it's like, okay, now it. we're now we're into Eddie Redmayne for a while. Oh, now we're gonna bring uh Jean Valjean back into this and it's like okay now I got it now I got it but it, it just feels like we're spending a lot of time with Aaron Tavet and I mean, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. It's, it's an ensemble but I think I think that that argument of uh, uh the, the case for grace I think is the heart of the movie um and I think that that's seen throughout the whole fucking thing um, what Grace meant to Valjean when it was given to him by the priest at the beginning of the movie and how he carried that into the rest of his life. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it was shown again to Marius and what that meant to him and how he's going to also continue to carry on that torch. And then you got this guy Javert who just doesn't understand it. He just, he literally doesn't understand like, you know, he he calls himself like the man of the law. He he's a he's a Christ, he's a good Christian, just like Sasha Baron Cohen's character calls himself a good Christian, uh, which mm -hmm. is funny. Um, but these people are kind of two ends of this uh, of the same spectrum of just missing the point of grace. Um, I don't know. It's it's all it's all very good, and it's I, just I think it's the best piece of Christian art that exists. <laughs> like this musical, or probably the book is. Uh, if, if you're about gonna, like, take the it back. Bible, Chad. Yeah, have you heard of? I said Christian the art, but the, the Bible. Oh, you don't think the Bible's art? Not you think really. It's, it's like a bunch low, of letters. It's like a, largely a lot of letters, and it's beautiful. I love the Bible, but yeah, it's letters and. Uh, and this isn't just letters and and notes. Midnight no, Mass I'm talking is about like literally, good. like, hey, my name is Paul, and I'm writing to you, the Church uh, I, of I got you. Okay, Ephesus. Okay. It's like letters in that way. What about songs? <laughs> the Bible just bunch of letters and words. I don't really get it. Um, that's not what I meant. Um, Midnight Mass is pretty good. Midnight Mass is a great piece of Christian art too. I don't know what Mike Flanagan uh, believes, it, but it, no longer. I mean, it's it's honestly the best piece of evangelical art that exists. Right. I think it's it's the Christian deconstruction. But like yeah. at the same time, like the final note of that show. Yeah, um, let's not. Mark, I've not, not seen it. 
Uh, we can't, but it's so fucking good. I will talk to good. you about it's this really after so the podcast. You're going to have to text me because I am going to bed. Okay, but okay. yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. The things you are describing sound yeah, good I've, to me. And they're there. They're present. It's the no, they're, abs- they're, they're in the text. They're Absolutely. in the text. Stars is just a little boring. And uh, I hate to break it to you, Russell Crowe. Not maybe he should have had a couple more singing lessons. Yeah, uh, it's, it's It's a good performance. It's a good performance. I I just don't think the singing's all that strong. I I think think here's the thing about Javert, and it's it's weird. I don't think you can point to a single note in the movie that he misses. It's not it's not note. It is tone. Exactly. Equally timbre. It's timbre of his. He is like I think his singing exudes that like, and I think that this is an accident. I don't think. I don't think Russell Crowe was intending this at all. I don't think that Tom Hooper in directing him intended this at all. I think it's a happy accident that this happened, that he exudes this um, legalism through his performance. Like, I will hit all the notes, but I will miss the point because my singing won't be beautiful. It will just hit Ru- the Here's, notes. Russell Crowe uh, yeah, is a I, good actor. I would give him credit for that. I would not give Tom maybe. Hooper any credit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tom Hooper gets no credit. I think it literally is like a, a mistake that the movie's as good as it I, is. I like can see where you're coming from, but two and a half hours of that is yeah. uh, a lot. But it's not Russell Crowe singing for the whole two and a half hours. No, well, so that, that I think at least what, an hour of it. I think what Mark said is truly mm-hmm. my biggest thing is you can make arguments that things are work really great and there's certain things that work really well. I think you can make that, but I think the problem is it is so often just repeated almost verbatim that they lose their magic by the end. And repeated that, as in how? Like, For I, example, something yeah. that I told you was that the one-shot close-up for every emotional song I think is a bad choice. And it's really good. And I dreamed a dream. It's incredible. It's a very good moment. And then when every single ballot is shot in the exact same way, See, it loses its power completely to me. And this is just like a you thing versus a me thing. It just doesn't lose its power every single time it works. He's for got me. three tricks in this movie. And I think that's that's why it I it, it doesn't work for me. I think yeah. it works for I dreamed a dream. I think it works for Eponine and her song. Uh, I think that's on, on my own rules. That's, that's I strongly yeah, disagree that that one should have been a close up. I strongly disagree I mean, I with that, that directing the, choice. I think that the performance is good. I don't know if the, the performance is great. Was, was perfect. Mm. She's a great actress. I think on my own, no one beside me showing a huge empty set could have had a little bit of power to it. Sure. Um, which I don't is, think that. But you still I, like. I don't think the, that it takes anything away from it. It just doesn't. Give no, it, it just doesn't give it, it the this, full but, power. But that is, if you're going to adapt this like musical, right? That's about a bunch of individuals going through their own personal like strife through life, right? And like on the stage, you kind of you kind of can't like see the face and like, this is an opportunity to see the yeah, face and the I want to see take. it. And that's I want to see it every me. time. No, I think it's a simple take. That's like really effective for this movie. That is his only take. He's like, Oh, what can't they do on stage? Yeah. Do close-ups. I yeah. guess that's the only thing I'm going to do. And, and that's like, the problem to me. And aerial but shots. At like the same, a couple times. Like 
Master of the House is like a fun, like that is that's a a chore. It's not dancing, but it is a choreographed like number, you know. And this I'm yeah. dancing, I guess. So weirdly, they, they, that they is do... a scene that I loved the first time I watched it. I didn't like it this time. I was like, this doesn't. It's so feel... grimy. It doesn't seem like something you'd like. It's it's well, it felt fun the first time, and that's what yeah. I was looking for the first time. But this time, I just was like, this feels like Tom Hooper doesn't know what comedy is really um i so i saw this uh in like a touring performance before i watched the movie and i think uh, i enjoyed that scene more in the touring performance i'm sure i would probably i think i would love this on stage i do i've never seen it on stage i feel like i'm too attached to the movie because i genuinely just love it so much i know it's messed up but it's this was my first love (laughs) this was my first love I, I think the Doing the math of when you met your wife. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't meet her in 2012, so. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Lawyer, I, I, safe. I think um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. It was something to do with uh, the stage performance versus stage the, performance. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing that gets lost to me too. Is like we're supposed to care about the connections between all these people. But because we just like solo them so often, I lose the sense of people to other people. Hmm. Okay. So I know that's kind of like a weird, like abstract yeah. thing that I'm taking. You mean to like, it, but like it is literally a, tracking the relationships and like, like, li- like literally tracking what's happening or like, li- I mean a little bit, but mm-hmm. the, emo- the emotionality more so. Sure. For example, and this is, um, you know, to peek behind the curtain, I, oh, after I watched the movie, <laughs> was complaining about it on Marco Polo to Chad. Um, and Marco Polo is an app where you leave uh, video messages. Video messages, yeah. yeah. So specifically, the scene that really just like teed me off uh, was the um, Marius falling in love with uh, cassette. cassette scene where it is a shot reverse shot on like a gate. I guess it's not even a shot reverse shot really, but they're on either sides of a gate and we're just cutting to their intense close faces. They are not in the frame ever together. We're doing weird quick cuts because that's the other thing that happens in this movie. If it's not the long one shots, it's like cutting more than a Jason Bourne movie. That's a slight exaggeration, but it is cutting a lot. Um, I don't don't know about more than a Jason Bourne movie. I literally said it's exaggeration afterwards. Um, But that scene, they're supposed to be falling in love. And those actors may as well not even be in the same fucking frame. Like, so it's, it's it's weird, and I know that I'm approaching this with a more active criticism than most movies that we yeah, watch. You're putting this, this thing under a the, damn microscope. And yeah, like, I don't think we've ever talked about framing on this podcast. Before. I know, I know, and that and that's the thing, and I want to acknowledge that because you know most of the time I'm like, eh, I don't like it, or oh, I like it because normally it is more story based or emotional based, that sort of thing. This movie, I hear my good friend Chad defend it. I hear our good friend Eli really defends it. There there are defenders of it, and there's a lot of people who defend it because of the original text, but Eli and Chad are not 
one of them. Not even because of the original text, because of the original uh, play. The play, right. right. Yeah, nobody cares about the Victor Hugo I don't know book. Sorry, that's dude. Read the Victor Hugo book. Um, I should read it. I feel like I, 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 I read owe it, it to Victor version. Hugo to read it after how much uh, I love I, the movie. So I truly have read the abridged version that cuts out the Battle of Waterloo flashback that's about 60 pages. Um, <laughs> I was watching my my girlfriend was watching was watching this with me and she told me that there's like three chapters describing the sewers. Yep. Um, yeah, it's so, a lot of shit like that. The sewers that like Valjean drags yeah. Marius through. Yeah. yeah, but like before that. Cool. Like just talking about the sources. So you, the, the, at the level of analyzing, okay. yeah. The, yeah, the level of analyzing comes from, I recognize that there's something, there's a nugget here of something really good. And I actually think most of the performances are, are really rock solid. It is just fascinating to me from a level of, if I was teaching film, this is an example of a movie I would show when I'm trying to explain directing because I truly think it's the directing choices other than his casting choices, which I think he does well. But I think it's a fascinating directing and a fascinating like adaptation piece to look at like that. And now that is all. So back to the, the plot of the movie. We don't have to go in the plot. Well, yeah, we yeah, but, but just, just to talk about plot points because so we're not, yeah. Um, the the one thing that like I still I said I had no notes I might have a note or two here or there I think there's too many scenes in this movie where somebody right. I, <laughs> where somebody dies and we're uh-huh. barely given an explanation as to why they're dying <laughs> that, that is true like, Fontaine <laughs> that might just being be the, the first one century, though um, we know she's like got a disease. Is she dying of an STD? I guess I don't I know. Mean, Is she, she dying because she's poor? She also right. had teeth teeth ripped out of her face and probably had trouble eating. So right. you know, uh, some could could multiple causes there. And then at the end, Valjean as well. He's just dying. It's just the end. It's just the Whoa. end. So he's like, "This <laughs> he's is like, the end for me." Um, he like had a, a beautiful scene. His his uh, carriage. That, that's something. It's a it's a beautiful scene as he's like being uh you know brought into the um the uh what is the term in cats? Uh the heavy side layer. The heavy side layer um by Fontaine. Uh but I, I don't I have a theory sorry, as to why I don't like that scene also either. It's nice. I, I was again I, mean, I think even in the musical it's confusing why she is his guardian angel when they met once at once and it's that yeah i i don't understand oh i just took it as like uh you know he saw her death as like he was like responsible for it and he owed her a debt because like she was fired from his factory and so when he him raising cassette was like settling that debt with her and then like she she was essentially like thanking him for like all that he's sacrificed and all that he's done for her daughter it's it nice. just seems like a scene that would happen with like the love of your life greeting you at the mm-hmm. gates of heaven. He didn't Not have like... a love of his life. He didn't. He he was a selfless man who just wanted to serve. Just wanted to serve. Um, I I just Cassette seems... was there too. Cassette's the closest thing to a love of his life. His daughter. Yeah, but she was he's like physically daughter. there when he was dying, not like metaphysically. Yeah. I think the scene. I think that's. I think the scene is blocked really bad. 
Okay. Okay. I'm telling you, so, I, that's that's what I'm saying. It's weird that like somebody who can like turn off any like CGI mm-hmm. wonkiness or anything like that, which this movie also has, in my opinion. Um, but it's fine. So you notice normally... the CGI in this musical <laughs> yeah, movie, but you don't. Okay. I did because cool, I was just fair. like, "What is this doing here?" Um, um, no, but I'm not criticizing that because, like, whatever. <laughs> who cares? But it is truly like I don't know. I think it is. I'm a little bit of a theater kid. <laughs> and there are sure. the moments where like that last scene is very stagey. And it's like, okay, but if I saw that on stage, I would be like, the blocking of this is fucking bad. Why are they where they're at? This is not a good image. Uh, I also think the last shot is a bad piece of blocking and you can't fucking see anything. And I don't really understand why. Um, <laughs> it's everyone but, in heaven except Javert. But, but it's too far out. Like it, it, it just looks like noise on the screen. We I, cut, like, we cut in. Dis, we, we see people. No, we cut in. Close ups of Fontaine and of uh, oh, what's his name who died in the war and Aaron yeah. Tavet. We, yeah. we, we go in to their faces. We never see them as together, which is like kind of the point. They should all be together, but you should have the pan out and it be all of them together. But it pans like too far out and you just see a bunch of shit sure. i don't well, get it. it's like the whole cities together like yeah the, yeah the, the revolution that's fine viva la france not viva la a couple of people that you heard sing songs it's it's all of france see but i think i want it to be viva la a couple of people i saw sing songs <laughs> i do um, think that like i mean it makes sense that victor hugo wrote this with the backdrop of the french revolution because he was like that was that happened every other day in uh 19th century france there was like just like every weekend was a new revolution well this um, is the this is the one where the americans didn't help no it's not no it's not ah <laughs> oh, shit this is like i don't know like the fourth or fifth one oh, this is this okay, was like a fairly dogs. minor so, revolution this happened in 1970 that's just what france is like <laughs> Yeah, it's just dirty. Like um, but so like I get why he was writing this in the context of the French Revolution, but like it it doesn't necessarily fit like the theme of grace that Chad was talking about. I think it fits the the theme of like you know being you know a, a, a second chance for your country and a mm-hmm. second yeah, it's it's like that hopeful that kind of thing. The 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 revolutionaries are so hopeful about the future that they can provide for. Uh, they're, they're they're the people of France, but they're dreaming a dream of of, mm-hmm. of times to come. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, there's just a lot of of themes that are maybe muddy because I haven't thought about it enough. Um, but mm, that's the problem. Y'all just need to think about the movie more. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, I'm willing to write it off to that. I'll, maybe <laughs> I'll read an 800 page book and get it. So I didn't even realize this that the the play was French. The musical was French originally. Yeah. I didn't know that either. That is interesting because that means all the lyrics were written in France yeah. and then there was a English I wonder if guy. there's any like big translation differences between the two because like it sounds beautiful in English genuinely. It sounds like it sounds like it was written for English. So, so the English lyrics extended the two hour Paris original into a three hour show. <laughs> What songs did they add, if any? They didn't add any songs. <laughs> the English just made it longer. Whoa. Weird. Maybe I, they were like, I okay, think... there was a French Revolution one time. We, we don't talk about it a lot. No, this is... In- what? This is confusing. 
the they invited him to write an English version of the French musical Les Mis. Ah, no, I think they it still credits the music to the the French guy. So, yeah, it's just translated. Interesting. Do you think the disease that Jean Valjean died from came from the shit in the sewers? Possibly. He was also like in his in his late fifties by that point, I think. Right. It's like the next scene <laughs> after he goes to the shit sewers that he's dying. Like, is I this the best be movie much. about France that we've covered? What other movies about France have we covered? I'm sure Ratatouille. a couple. Ratatouille is the only one I can think of. Ratatouille. <laughs> I'd say it's better than Ratatouille. Yeah, I like Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille oh, was a live and let cry. We didn't better. cover Ratatouille. Ah, oh, shit, we didn't. Okay, so yeah. did we cover any other French films? I don't mm, think so. Let me see. We've here. talked about like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which, uh-huh. is, a, which is a good movie. And we talked about Tatane. Um, I haven't seen Tatane. I also didn't realize that was French. I think he probably told me and I forgot. We did tell you. Is yeah. Michelle Gondry French? Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is not about France, like Cody <laughs> was saying. I'm trying here. Uh, I, I, I just misremembered bastards. and thought we did rest. Bastards is better than this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think it is. I think it's I, France. I, I, truly was, I truly was thinking only of Ratatouille. <laughs> Pretty good movie. I'm, I'm scrolling through the list of things. Uh, Tintin takes place in France for a little bit. I don't fucking know. Oh, well, I think Tintin is French. French. Comic? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's still Inglorious Passages, the best French movie we've covered. Mm, Tintin, though. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Am, oui, am oui. I, I? Is it French? Yeah, it's French. Wow, look at us. Francophiles. Cultured uh, podcasters. Chad, anything else you have to say? I have some discussion questions. Um, I just for usual. Think... Uh, Tintin is Belgian. That's mm. they speak France there. They yeah, speak they, France they there. Specifically Jesus. separated themselves from France. You yeah, said yeah. French earlier, and I just didn't correct you because I thought it was funny. But uh, it's fine. Yeah. I it's late. Yeah. Uh, last thoughts on the movie. I think that the moment where the priest not only forgives uh, Jean Valjean of his stealing, but also uh, adds to what he's giving him and gives him more silver candlesticks is just the That's most great. beautiful, wonderful portrait of of grace and like gospel beauty that's ever been put to film. I think it's wonderful. And it's part of that scene alone is part of why this movie is so special to me it's and then to have nice. that whole soliloquy of him just processing that and just like his own shame for stealing and then like how he's still just the guy's given him a new a second chance uh, a way to like start a new life it's beautiful it's fucking awesome and it's in the first like 10 minutes of the movie that uh that actor is the original actor who played Jean Valjean. I don't know about original, on, maybe the original, the but he definitely did play him in, in on Broadway. Uh, on uh, yeah, Broadway and the West End. Oh, okay. So Taylor Swift was supposed to be in this movie, which is the thing I think <laughs> we need to focus on. Cassette? No. No. Uh, uh, Eponine. Eponine. She'd be yeah, a the one Eponine who gets her heart broken, obviously. Yeah. Um, but also God. she's I'm imagining not blonde. The... She's not brunette, so it would have I mean, to wear a wig. When I work she's worn wigs before for her music videos when um and the fucking bad blood right wasn't she wearing a red wig in that one 
uh yeah yeah um so i'm just thinking about what the taylor swift version of on my own would sound like and uh she's not a broadway singer not as i know yeah like uh, samantha barks is on broadway she's playing elsa on west end right now which is cool i think she's probably really good at that okay can you guys um not be mad at me I don't know what West. I don't know what West End is. It's it's, it's British Broadway. Broadway. Cool, yeah. got it. Thank you. Um, so I am mad at you though. Okay. Other reasons. Don't worry about it. I think I am someone who is like hard in the paint for Taylor Swift. I think she is maybe our greatest musician or a songwriter. Maybe not musician. Greatest songwriter, like especially yeah, she, with she folklore and traditionally has, has leaned pretty heavy on the capo when she plays guitar. And uh, yeah, I don't know if she's the best instrumentalist, but yeah, that's she's fine. A fantastic that's fine. songwriter. Yeah, fantastic she's songwriter. Really good at like emotional stuff. Like I would love to see her write a musical. Um, mm. a, mo- a modern musical that leans into the kind of like pop songs and stuff. Think she's incredible. I, I mean, love. Yeah, she already like puts her little stories throughout albums. Exactly. And stuff. She would be, be so be good, good at writing shit. a musical. Holy shit! Honestly, do the but, whole Betty storyline from folklore. Yeah. Just turn that turn that into the musical. That'd be Mar- great. Or Chad, I have already thought about how easy a Taylor Swift jukebox musical would be, and <laughs> how like utterly devastating and good it would be. But I think she could write an original and still be pretty good. I I also love her voice. Some people are pretty mixed on it. She had a harder time when she was younger, especially when this was coming. This was around Red, so her voice was a little stronger live. But still, mm. her, her I think her voice is incredible now. She's not a belter. Yeah. She's not a Broadway singer. No. This is not, she is not who you she's, cast in a Broadway movie. She's also no. not an actress. Like, I don't think she played the role of Eponine. I mean, I, she has been in, she was in The Giver. She was uh, in Cats. Cats. She was in Cats. And I think, and like, if you're going to. She doesn't put belt her... in that movie, does she? No. Uh, but I don't really know if so. she's, I don't know if she's going to give the emotional performance. I am interested to see her in the David O. Russell movie because she has acting in that movie what's so that we movie? will see i don't know but she's in it okay um she's not the lead but i, mean, she's I, I do it. think if you're gonna cast her in a musical movie a movie like les mis or cats would be the place to put her where you don't have to you know perform spoken lines i disagree i think if you're casting taylor swift in a musical it needs to be a modern musical yeah yeah i I just meant like the whole singing singing throughout is is the connective tissue not necessarily like the style of the the music and and because she's not suited to sing lame is she's just not i I think you you might be right but i also think that singing while acting is maybe harder than singing while like just talking or uh acting while talking I, I mean, you're you're right about that one. Uh, we don't we don't know what this David O. Russell movie is, but it's got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Rami Malek, and Zoe Saldana, and Taylor. So we don't really know, but she's in it. She was in the Lorax. Oh, that movie's pretty good. Um, but yeah, we don't really know what that movie's even about. So I don't know. Um, that was basically the fun fact I had about this movie because I really want to do alumni and cape check. Yeah, dude. Ooh, this is gonna take a while. Well, we got the fucking Wolverine himself. 
So we're starting with Cape Check. Normally we start with Best Picture alumni. Really? I feel like we start with Cape Check, dude. No, you always try to make us start with Cape Check. Right, and I, well, I mean, we could, fucking we could do them at the same time. Alumni, time. we really got the fucking Wolverine himself from uh, The Prestige. Go. And from X-Men. We covered X-Men. We covered, we covered we X-Men. We covered X-Men. Um, and The Prestige. Russell Crowe was in Gladiator. Yes, he yes. was. And Amanda Seyfried was in Jennifer's Body. Yes, she was. And A Beautiful Mind. Um um for uh russell crow um we <laughs> surely have we surely have done a helena bonham carter movie uh-huh uh oh king speech yep. king speech very recently not, e- not even bonham like <laughs> not even when i think of helena bonham carter type speaking role, of but... the king speech uh, oh well with the director we got tom hooper coming back yeah. yeah tom tom pooper um we got uh two more one of them is should be obvious eddie redmayne i don't think we've covered before no this is like kind of a breakout role for him yeah who else is oh anne hathaway is in oh boy definitely in something (laughs) definitely in something we covered more than one thing we've covered oh boy Oh, the Devil Wears Prada. We covered that. Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. I I was like, Interstellar feels like the one that we would do, but we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. She is broke back. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Cody, you know who the screenwriter for this movie is? The the screenwriter who is not associated with musical. Yes, 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 yes. I do, but it has slipped from my brain. Because I saw it and was like, hit me one more time. William Nicholson. Okay. Yeah, no. I've got a uh, new game. Also wrote Gladiator. Uh, okay. Before we go into Cape Jack, I have a quick game. Sure. Okay. Did you spot that Ted Lasso star? Uh, Courtney did. I did not. Mm. What Ted Lasso star? Rebecca. She's in this movie. What the fuck? She's uh, in the uh, uh, screenshot today. At the end of the day, or another day old. She's in that sequence in the in the factory when uh, Anne Hathaway gets uh, fired. She's one of the ladies who's like all up in Anna Hathaway's business. I mean, I think she is known, not to rub your face in a chat, but she is known right. for being a West End actress. I believe Before it. Ted Lasso. And, like, West, and West End, as we all know, is like the Broadway for, uh, for, yeah, for England. England. Yeah. yeah, that's what we all know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we covering Interstellar? I think we are. I think uh, we are. Mark sent a yeah. picture yeah. of her in I'll the movie, Cody. I'll look. Yeah, she's on uh, the, the left side of the screen. She's got bad teeth in this movie. Oh, shit. I would not have picked her up ever. Yeah. That. So it's funny that you say uh, Courtney noticed because Laura also was the one that noticed while we were watching. She was like, is that Rebecca from Ted Lasso? And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Courtney noticed and I did not see it. And I was like, we are not rewinding a two and a half hour movie. Um, <laughs> Olivia. She it to me this morning. Olivia was on her phone. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> so, so um, alumni check. We already did. Cape we check. Cape check. Uh, we got Wolverine. We do. We got Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll, Russell Crowe. And like Jor-El, which is maybe. He <laughs> also is Jor-El. Jor-El. He is that too. I, I think he's kind of good at Jor-El. Yeah. Hey guys, Russell Crowe. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, um, a bad singer. Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. Yeah, she's Catwoman. Yes. Selena Kyle. Um, Amanda Seyfried's got to be in something, right? Not that I know of. Hmm. No. I guess not then. 
I guess you Eddie have to Redmayne something. is in Harry Potter. I don't know if we've counted that before. We should. Uh, we but... have counted Harry Potter before. Okay. I checked. That's a cloak check. But he's our first uh, Fantastic Beast, though. No, he's mm, not. Okay. And then Johnny Helena Depp. Bonham Carter I don't also. Think we counted Johnny Depp for whatever reason. I don't. Know. <laughs> I We've don't been think kind we of inconsistent on Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so tracks. Helena Bonham Carter also is in Harry Potter. Um, yeah. And this then, is mostly now just like a franchise check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I think that we counted Harry Potter because he does wear a cloak, which is uh, basically a cape. So I yeah. feel like there was another one that's like a voice role that I like accidentally stumbled upon. Like, oh, I'm going to seem really smart when Cape Check comes up. And I forgot what it was. Well, Chet, if you remember, let me know. I don't. I don't have anything. Oh, is Aaron, nothing are we else? out? Yeah. Aaron Tibet's okay. not in anything. Uh, I don't think so. Do you guys want to hear a funny Aaron Tibet story that you guys probably don't know because you don't follow Broadway stuff all that closely? No, I don't, want I to don't even follow it that closely. Courtney Mark may know this. Told it to me. So for the Tonys this year, they were really fucked up for whatever reason. There just wasn't a lot of things to nominate. Yeah, because Broadway was closed. For a lot of it, right? But so, and the, so this is actually for the season right before it closed. So like not a lot of things open. So Aaron Tibet was the only person nominated for best actor in a musical. And so when they sent out the ballot, it was just yes or no if he should get it which feels awful he did win okay, well, good. but there was still there was still a chance that like they could have just not given it to him <laughs> could you no, fucking imagine there isn't a good actor this year there's just not <laughs> one that's There's, best and it's for like Moulin Rouge finally became like a musical I okay. don't think people are like happy about the win necessarily they but I mean what are you going to do not have a best actor um, he, hold, I'm trying to see. So, is it easy to win a Tony? Should I try to do that? No, not easy to win a Tony. It seems the like if the, if you're so, the only person, if you're uncontested, Chad, imagine if for the Oscars, movies only came out for three months and then didn't come out for nine more months. Not a single movie came out. That's why it was. Mm. Got it. Because yeah. of because of the pandemic. Yes. So I'm trying to see if he has talking to the microphone, Cody. I'm trying to see if he has won a Tony before. And guess what? He has not. Imagine waiting your whole life to win a Tony and you win it uncontested. There's got to be a part of you that's in. like, well, this doesn't fucking count. Come on. Um, back to Cape Check does wicked count. Wicked? Uh, the the musical on Broadway. Samantha Barks is on. It was in Wicked. Uh, so she is, played. So is Aaron I'm going to say no. It doesn't count. It's Does Aaron Tavet play Tin Man? He's a uh, Fiero. I think it, I fucking Wait, can't, we can't remember be what doing, the musical. We can't I be doing Broadway shows on our movie podcast. W- Wicked will cat will count whenever they release the film ad. Yeah, the movie. The we talk that. about movies on here. Cody, to answer your question, Fierro is the prince of the Arjiki tribe in the Vincus. No, I know who Fierro is, but I Sorry. can't remember. I think Fierro becomes the scarecrow is what the musical does. I don't know. It's not what happens yep, in the yep, book. Yep, yep, in the music, okay. yep, yep, that's right. 
Because I am one of few people in the world who stand the Wicked series of books, and I don't care about the musical that good because I it, they take all the political like maneuvering out of it, and that's the shit I'm interested in. It's stupid, insane. <laughs> They're like Game of Thrones type stuff. It's really good, but um, okay, quick. This uh, movie made four hundred and forty-one point eight million dollars on a sixty-one million dollar budget, and we that is that why Cats happened. That is why Cats happened. Well, hmm. I kind of they... wish this had been a flop. <laughs> I wish this was a cult classic that everyone, no one saw it when it came out, and it's just my little secret. It's like you know, a movie that's actually really good is some who yeah. is. I wish, and then that we wouldn't have gotten, we wouldn't cats. Have gotten cats. And then and I think then... you would be less critical on this movie had Cats not happened. I legitimately think mm. that. I, I legitimately think that. think that the Tom Hooper of it all is really making you like zero in on issues you would not have with it. If it I was guess it's director. more clear now that he's a bad director, but I also think if I had gotten around to fucking watching The Danish Girl, I also would have figured it out. Sure, but I think you watching this movie in a vacuum versus you watching this movie knowing that this is a Tom Hooper movie. I think that the, I think that Chad, I didn't like, like it when it first came out. When I first saw it, I didn't like it. You liked I'm, it more I'm than telling two and a half the stars. Yeah, I liked yeah. everything then. Yeah. But what I happened still to didn't you? like it. You... I still didn't I, I still didn't like it that much. It still was like, yeah, anyway, I still didn't like it that much. Um but it would be interesting. I am worried that cats plus in the heights not doing well and dear evan hansen being a fucking disaster everyone's going to learn the uh, wrong lessons about musicals and they're going to be dead for a few years again I but mean, yeah. west side story will do all right i think we're crossing our fingers that west side story does really well and wicked still finally comes out you know i really am rooting for west side story for that reason because I, I would like be- to see movie musicals remain a thing and i think i think like, tick tick boom's going to be pretty good it's just going to be small so yeah, it's that's a netflix release too so it's like yeah yeah we'll see <laughs> i want yes, big West spectacle Side's- for my musical i want big screens i want to go and watch the the musical in a movie theater west side story needs to do very very well yeah and i think it will um this movie got a 70 percent on rotten tomatoes not as maligned Eh, that's not a quality score, but 70% still like said it was pretty good. It's also got a 3.5 on letterbox. I don't think it's as maligned. It feels maligned, but it clearly is not that. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for best picture lost to Argo nominated for best actor. Jackman lost to Daniel day Lewis and Lincoln. Um, it was nominated for costume. Jackman's never to- won. Has he? Now, nope. this is probably what he should have won for, but that Lincoln yeah. performance is pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah Lincoln uh, should have won. He won, or it was nominated for costume, but it lost to Anna Karenina. That, you may hear that again. Wink, wink. Oh, oh, um, uh, definitely are. Um, <laughs> origi- original song, Lost to Skyfall. Which it should have. Yeah. <laughs> the Skyfall sucks. song is good. <laughs> yeah. Why. Yeah. Uh, best production design lost to Lincoln. That kind of makes sense. You can barely fucking see the sets most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I think it's production design. I think you need to adjust the settings on your TV, Cody. I think that I got a, you. I got a big TV. All I saw was fucking face the whole time. I didn't know I was watching a flesh flick. Um, <laughs> the Oscars that won was Anne Hathaway for Best Supporting Actress, 
It's good. Which oh, it's such we didn't really we barely talked about her, and the movie also barely talked about her. But correct. Uh, what a performance! I mean, to be like crying like that and still hitting every fucking note. Yeah, it's like it's a good performance. It's also one of the last true supporting wins that is really supporting in like a while. Um, makeup and it won for makeup and hair styling. Um, and it won for sound mixing. Cool. Yeah. Um, all good things. Uh, we don't have to compare it to anything. It's the best movie of 2012 for now. We'll see if it lasts. We all agree. Best movie of 2012. Yep. We all agree. Uh, Hey, tell people where they can find you and a movie you're looking forward to. You can find me on the World Wide Web at Chad A. Oliver on pretty much every social media platform. Um, I think I'm Chad Austin Oliver on TikTok. I just made two TikToks recently. Uh, I think that they're pretty funny. Uh, Cody liked one of them. He didn't like the second one. I don't know that I saw the second one, but I did uh, see that first one. And the second one's that. called I Love You. Did you see I Love You? I don't think I did. I don't remember the I one you did that I liked, think but I, I did saw, think it was funny. I don't think I saw I Love You, but I did comment on uh, the, the one of them. Film, Film Bros was the other one. Yeah, um, I, I, I commented on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's talking about Parasite. Yeah, yeah nobody's talking funny. about. Um, so I will be seeing the Eternals. Uh, that's coming yeah, out. you'll take the so easy one. I'll see that. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Uh, Mark. Mark, just tell people that you're going to watch Mayor Pete. Why is Rocky four on this list? That movie huh? has been out for decades. What are you talking? Yeah, Rocky I don't know. Four. It's a, no, it's our director's cut. It's Stallone's like oh. ultimate vision for Rocky four. They finally reached the Stallone cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Sure. Oh, you know what? I'm excited about Spencer. Spencer, not hey, can, good. You should probably mention that people can follow you at Watlington Mark. I um, was getting there. Oh, okay. but, you know, I'll, let, I'll let you do it. Go ahead. Yeah, you can follow Mark at Watlington Mark on Twitter and Instagram um, and Venmo or something. Are we allowed to you know, plug our Venmos? <laughs> Chad, if you just want to take over for me on the whole podcast, it's, it'd be nice. Yeah. Got okay. Good job. Uh, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore. Yeah, nobody ever punts to me. I always have to come in. Hey, uh, you that can was Chad's me- job as me. You can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd, which is the most important. I'm going to run through a couple movies uh, that I'm excited for. Finch? Whoa. I don't know if you can do uh, that. I'm not excited. I I can um finch i don't know if i'm excited about it but Tom i'm not as a robot friend i haven't even seen the trailer um let's see for the big red dog yeah not really excited about that one in a similar vein i'm not not excited for home sweet home alone i don't think it looks incredible but like it looks fun enough good christmas movie um, throw it on during the holiday yeah, season on. why not it comes out on Disney Plus Day, our national holiday. <laughs> um, no, the, Cody the did movie... just salute uh, to the camera <laughs> for yeah. anybody who. Uh, the movies that I'm listening. actually excited about are Tick, Tick, Boom, which we already mentioned. Yeah, um, be, really excited for that. It looks great. And most importantly, the apparently current Oscar frontrunner Belfast does come out in two weeks. So oh, it's I thought be you were really going to say the current Oscar uh, frontrunner Red Notice. 
<laughs> I guess what movie I will fucking never watch. <laughs> and the answer is Red Notice. Uh, you're telling me it's a big budget action movie on Netflix? Been burned too many times, my dudes. <laughs> it stars The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. No thanks. And Gal Gadot. Uh-huh. So, and she's uh, just such a good actor. <laughs> yeah. So Belfast, uh, I really want to see the temperature of like the general public once that movie comes out and see if the Oscar chances are still really running for that movie or if uh, we should be paying attention to something else. So, and that's mm-hmm. what we, we talk about Oscars on the show. So, yeah. Um, I like how in Tick, Tick, Boom, the ticks are all lowercase and then Boom is like capitalized. And there's an exclamation well, yeah. point. The ticks are quiet and the boom is loud. Yeah. What? I like the ellipses after the tick tick. Uh-huh. And the it's a good title. The ticks. It's a good title. I think I think that movie will end up being like pretty solid. And I will be slightly annoyed that it gets Netflix hold and there's like not a single like Oscar nom out of it. Because it probably should get one or two. I, mean, I, I don't know. The Netflix movies sucks. the Netflix movies get Oscar noms. They focus on like three or four, and there's yeah. other ones that they're pushing this year. Which ones are they pushing this year? Oh shit! Not to like get into a whole fucking thing. It's fine. But... It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Power of the Dog. Um, <sighs> Never heard of it. That is second front runner. So you okay. didn't realize that, that was a, that was a Netflix movie. Yep that that that's our big boy between Belfast, mm-hmm. The Lost Daughter, I believe, is Netflix, which is the Maggie Gyllenhaal directorial debut that people. Yeah, really that looks good. so good. I have not Dude. seen the trailer yet, but I know that I am going to be all. The trailer that. gave me chills. It was. Uh, oh yeah. fuck yeah! So Olivia good. Coleman, three, fourth nomination, third nomination. I don't know at this point. It feels like keep it Mag- coming. It feels like Maggie Gyllenhaal was in a kindergarten teacher and was like, "I want to make a movie like that." That's the oh, vibe. Oh, yummy, 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 yummy. What is the kindergarten teacher follow up that comes out this year? That we were paying oh, attention to. Oh, does she have a follow up? I forgot. Fuck. No, it's, yes. it's that, that director has a follow up. Oh, it's worth. It's the movie I watched that you guys haven't watched yet about 9 11. That's really good. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Cool. I, really I, I, I didn't need to check that out. Um, actually, it's about post 9 11, but I digress. Hey. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Yeah, it's about yeah. mathematical. What, math. What's the man uh, worth? It's, it's, what's the man Mark's, who died worth? It's a Mark movie. It's about math. Um, Mark, have you ever seen the imitation game? No, I haven't. It's about math, I think. I've seen Hidden Figures, before you ask. Uh, Okay, well, all right. Cross that one out. Um, Chad, what's the best movie of 2012? Uh, Les Mis. Hey, Mark, what's the best movie of 2012? Uh, Les Miserables. Cody, what's the best movie of 2012 that we've discussed so far? Les Mis. (laughs) Cody did a weird Italian (laughs) hand gesture for some reason. I don't know. That used to be my bet in college when, where I would tell people like, hey, hey, do name an accent. I'm so good at accents, like name an accent. <laughs> you would just do the hand motion well, and talk I would, in your normal uh, voice? I, no, I would do uh, like, they would be like, do a British accent, do a British accent. And I would be like, it's me, I'm a British. <laughs> oh, you just bit. do the Italian. I, 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 would Italian accent, yeah. I would just do Mario. Um, okay, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, everyone's equal when they're dead. Next week, we talk about our first Greta 
Gerwig movie. Uh, Baby's first Greta Gerwig. It's Francis Ha, and it's available on a bunch of streaming services that you, uh, I don't know, you might have, AMC Plus or something, uh, FUBU, I don't know. Um, so we're going from Francis Cry to Francis Ha? Uh, That's Francis, something. Francis Revolution to Francis Ha, how's that? That's probably it. But I was thinking like the opposite of like, ha ha is like cry. Yeah. Well, I wanted to like, like laughter use the, versus the Francis part, though. Yeah, Fran. Yeah, but you understand Francis no, was already I, I there. I get where you're coming from, but okay. I don't like. I don't think France was crying. Well, France was a lot of people in France were crying. Uh, it's called also, the Miserables. Also dying. Okay. Anywho, watch it. It's great. It's, it's a great movie.